This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome to your Tuesday Takeout Outtake Especial. I'm Major Garrett. We're at Ice Cream Jubilee, an ice cream restaurant. Uh, basically, not a restaurant. It's just an ice cream place here at the Navy Yard of Washington, D.C., in the shadow of Nationals Baseball Park, that's where the Washington Nationals, they're the World Series champions, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Don't know if you saw that, read that in the papers. All of us here in D.C. were kind of uh, taken up uh, by that, even uh, lifelong Padre fans like I am. So, uh, Tim Scott is our special guest, Republican senator from South Carolina. Uh, senator, we'll get to a couple of other things uh, sure. about your life and history, but we have three threshold questions we ask every single guest who's willing to join us here at the takeout and our audience loves the answers because it gets them a little bit closer to who these people actually are so in no particular order most influential book in your life bible okay any others oh plenty of other ones <clears throat> um, we always accept that and that frequently yep. is mentioned uh, yep. religious texts we always uh, uh, acknowledge and honor yep. but we but we we try to broaden it out a little bit from that as well like matthew mark luke and john or <laughs> okay um, I well played say, <laughs> well played <laughs> yeah. senator so uh, the up from slavery uh, it's a great book that I think everyone should read. It's really about uh, working with your hands and your head. It, it really de defines the old debate over the talented 10th versus the, the, the 90%. And uh, I've always been the 90%. I've never been the talented 10th. Um, my, my story is a story of someone who flunked out of high school, who failed world geography and civics, civics to study of politics. So sitting here with you as a United States Senator tells me God has a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Having been here for eight years, I now realize that I'm not the only one in this town failing civics, which is also Correct. a very important I often think of I often think of God as the, the world's greatest under underappreciated humorist. <laughs> well, yes. We, we are here to tell that story. Um, uh, so Up From Slavery is a really, really uh, good book. I, I've just started reading Colin Powell's latest book. Um, that is pretty, pretty strong. Um, Condoleezza Rice's story, Condi, is, is a really good read. Uh, the, 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 there's a, uh, golly, almost an encyclopedia-type version of the rules of the Senate yes. uh, that I read about three years ago, which I don't recommend to the average person out there. But if you ever go <laughs> to the senator, senator, you might want to please get read the book, yes. Second question is, uh, your all-time favorite movie or one of your favorite movies? Man, that's a tough one. Uh, the Magnificent Seven, mm, starring yes. Denzel Washington, though. Oh, the way, okay, the, the second the, one, right. Yeah, that was a great mm. book. I mean, great, great, great movie. Schindler's List yes. was Very a, powerful. I'll never forget the scene, this is like 20 years old, probably the movie, where he was thinking about, if I just gave my watch up and my ring, I could have saved another person. Um, as a person acquainted with having a second chance at life, uh, that story reveals this this strong desire for redemption. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a that's a great movie. I recommend everyone take a look at 
uh, that movie. And uh, long flight or a long drive, uh, what kind of music, ge- uh, artist or genre, are you most likely to listen to? Well, I'm a, I'm a big Christian music fan, so I, I, I like uh, Chris Tomlin, who is one of the uh, more prolific uh, singers today. There's a group called Big Big Daddy Weave. That's uh, they, they do good, good work as well. First reference to both on this program, but <laughs> always welcome. Yep. And then my, my, my church is a church called Seacoast, and we have uh, a, guy, a guy named Brandon who just won a Dove Award. So uh, he, he's doing a great job out there as well. I want to give you a chance to tell a story uh, that you told near the end of our fourth segment. We ran out of time. We had to edit it out. So I want to get you to go back to sure. it about the president and a phone call. Yeah, so sometimes we don't really understand and appreciate who President Donald Trump is. We see him on TV. Sometimes we think of him as being bombastic, sometimes he aggressive. He wants us to think of him that way. Sometimes abrasive. But what I've learned is that there are he, every individual I know is multifaceted in, in, in many layers. And one of the layers that we rarely see with President Trump, uh, because it takes a one-on-one conversation, is this conversation I had about with the president about doing me a favor and calling my mom. Or, or writing her a note for her birthday, which was a 75th birthday party I was putting together for. 75 is a biggie. Yeah. And so instead of writing the note as I requested, he decided that, sure, he would write the note, but he wanted to call her. And so he calls me the morning of her birthday, and they set up this call, and he calls her on her, on her way to her party. And it was just, she was blown away. It was such a warm and positive experience. But I've seen that happen time and time again and it is similar to the response he had after Charlottesville when we were having this contentious conversation on race and my perspective versus his perspective at the end of the conversation he did a 180 degree pivot and he said with warmth and affection in his voice it caught me off off guard to be honest with you he, he, he asked how can he be helpful we had just had a conversation where the conclusion was we're not on the same page, right? And we're not and getting not being the same page. And you're not being helpful. And we're like, we'll get and to the same page. This isn't helpful. And he, in, in a with a 180 degree turn, he, he says, "Help me, help people that I have just offended." Mm-hmm. He's not going to get any credit from a lot of the people that he offended by what he did, but it will be one of the most transformational pieces of legislation for people who were mired in poverty today as I grew up. And the reason why I created the legislation mm-hmm. was understanding poverty intimately. You have made a couple of glancing references to your childhood. I want to uh, let my audience get from your voice uh, your own encounter with grace. Yeah, so, so I, I grew up in a single-parent household. My mom worked 16 hours a day, three days a week as a nurse's aide, which basically is like being the maid in the hospital when it comes to the patient's changing bedpans, flipping them over, hard work, 16 hours a day. She'd come home. She had two boys. One was a good kid, not me. And then there was me, a mischievous kid. And flunking out of high school, finding myself on the wrong, on the, in the, heading in the wrong direction, she loved and supported and encouraged me. And sometimes when the encouragement was not working with her words, she introduced me to a Southern tradition of a switch Yes. Now, for those of you not from the South... That's who not, are, that doesn't mean changing your mind, folks. <laughs> exactly. That's not the switch I'm talking about. It's not on the wall either, by the way. It's on a tree. I say a switch is a southern apparatus of encouragement. Yes. It is applied from your belt to your ankles. <laughs> and she loved me that freshman year. But, 
But because of that kind of affection and love, the kind of woman who told me to shoot for the stars and if you shoot for the moon and if you miss, you'll be among the stars, my life got a second chance because she would not let me fail. In so many ways, I am living my mother's American dream. My story is a story that is now being repeated too often in too many places, too many corridors around this country. And you met somebody who made an enormous difference in your life, the not second, your mother. Exactly. The second part of the story is a guy named John Moniz, who was a Chick-fil-A operator, who came along my sophomore year and started teaching. In high school or college? In high school. Okay. Yep. So a year after I flunked out, he came along the next year and he started teaching me that you could think your way out of poverty, Tim. Not that people in poverty aren't thinking, it's that the kid who just nearly flunked out of high school wasn't using his head as much as he wanted to play football, entertain people, and run track. And so he taught me that anyone from anywhere at any time can become an entrepreneur. And the fact of the matter, he said, was hold on to your dreams of playing in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys, of course, but have a plan B, have a second plan. And let that second plan not be just to have a job, which is a good thing, but be a job creator. That's a better thing. He started teaching me this at 15 years old. And from 15 to 19, this was the consistent positive message I got from someone who had nothing to gain from investing in, in me. When you were first meeting this man, did you ever ask yourself, what is he doing and why should I listen? I mean, were you skeptical? Were you doubtful? Were you like, well, who are you? Who are you? What are you talking to me about? Yeah. I, he owned the Chick-fil-A next to the movie theater where I was working. His sons would come down and play, and I'd give them free popcorn. So one day, he came down with a Chick-fil-A sandwich and said, let me get to know the guy where my sons are spending all their time. Got it. And, and that's what opened the conversation up. And it lasted four years because at 37 years old, he died. And I set my mission statement for the rest of my life when I was 19 years old, the day before his funeral. He had a mission to impact a million people with a message of hope. Mine became to impact the lives of a billion people with the message of hope being my faith in the Lord and opportunity being the lessons of financial literacy that John Moniz had taught me. How's that going? I think it's going very well. I think if I think about the, the, the tax reform bill that we passed just a couple of years ago, the impact that's had on over 180 million Americans, uh, specifically single mothers like the one that raised me had a 73% cut in their federal taxes. That is fantastic. Dual parent households, a 60% cut in their federal taxes. I think about the Opportunity Zone legislation, 31 million people living in the zones, having a chance to get a, a new start, a new view of the, of the world for them. I think about the impact that we're having on foreign policy, whether it's the state of Israel, whether it's the EU, whether it's tariffs, trade agreements, having a position on the Finance Committee and the Banking Committee to restructure entire financial systems. Uh, in a very odd and unusual way, the good Lord has presented me a chance to say yes to a billion. I'm, I'm not there yet, but I am thankful that I am so much closer than I ever thought I would be uh, when I started the journey towards a billion, because I didn't even know what a billion was when I started the journey. That's the voice of Tim Scott, our special guest. Senator, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you very much. We'll see you next Appreciate time. It. Thanks, folks. Look forward to see it. you next week. For more from this week's conversation, download the Takeout Outtake Especial Tuesday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. The Takeout is produced by Arden Farin, Katiana Krachenko, Jamie Benson, and Sarah Cook. CBSN production by Alex Zuckerman, Eric Susanen, and Grace Seegers. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at 
Takeout Podcast. And for more, visit takeoutpodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News Radio. If you like The Takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Some puzzles are hard to solve. Others are hard to prove. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Access episodes early and ad-free with 48 Hours Plus on Apple Podcasts.